You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you along. We'll dissect the Colts' loss to the Browns this week. A narrow, nail-biting Thrilling in many ways, but ultimately disappointing for Colts fans. One point loss to the Browns, 39-38. Oh, Jim Ursay is uh, sharing his thoughts on the game, on the end of the game, and uh, might make him a little uh, lighter in the pocketbook. It, Not it's, that it's, o- it's okay to share your thoughts on the game. It is Well, yes. This is on a certain aspect <laughs> of the game that, uh, that might uh, cost him a few shekels at the end of the day. Uh, Anthony Richardson's surgery is complete. The Colts host the Saints on Sunday. All those things, plenty more, we're going to dive right on in, starting with last week's game against the Browns, which came down to the final drive. And guys, if we go back to our podcast last week and our predictions, could not have been more inaccurate. (laughs) Oh, man. That's why they play the game. That's right. Like After the first quarter... It was like fourteen to seven already, and well, forget that when you, you when you're expecting an under game, right? And like the third play, of the guy goes, was it sixty nine yards? It was, yes, or whatever it was, yeah. sixty nine yeah. yards. And then the next series, the Colts go whatever fifty nine yards on the bust or on the, on the free play, right? You know, it's going to not be the under day. No, not 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 even close. All the over betters were celebrating after five minutes of this game, and uh, ultimately a thirty nine thirty eight finish, an offensive onslaught. We will say. Um, the uh, the defense for the Colts uh, seemed like it was going to put off at, at the end after after being very much uh, a uh, a sieve for part of the game looked like they were going to put the clamps down even on that last drive as the Browns went eighty yards right down the field looked like they put the clamps PJ, down PJ Walker took him eighty play. yards yeah when it mattered because he kept throwing uh, to Amari Cooper who was uh, being guarded by Daryl Baker Jr who is playing because every other Colts cornerback seems to be injured right now. Key player of the game is when Juju went out with the quad. It might be. I think so. The most important play of this game. I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, it, on, a, on a first down or uh, first and goal inside the 10, uh, the uh, Colts blitz EJ Speed, knocks the ball, excuse me, right out of the hand of P.J. Walker. Colts recover. You think right, right then, game's over. Colts have the ball. They can run out the clock. But there's some laundry on the field with a flag called for uh, Daryl Baker Jr. called for a uh, illegal contact penalty in the end zone uh, and gave them second life. And then again, a penalty on Daryl Baker Jr. to uh, for pass interference in the back of the end zone. The very next the snap. very next snap. And the ball, the ball looked like it was almost thrown into the second row of the rafters, to be fair to, to Baker. Um, but nevertheless, those two penalties right there. And uh, maybe some more calls near the end of that game uh, were, were somewhat questionable. But nevertheless, chap, this was a game that the Colts uh, did, were just not able to keep up at the end. And it, it goes down as a loss at, in, the, in the win-loss column, regardless of calls, of plays made, not played, of, of points scored, not scored. Like that's, that's the thing that matters most at the end of the day and the thing that lingers longest uh, throughout the week. I understand the angst, the anger. I do. Uh, and we'll get to those the officiating thing at the end, but it, uh, still, you're you're up five with two and a half minutes to play. Cleveland gets the ball at their own twenty with their backup quarterback, and they PJ need Walker a touchdown. In, they just they don't need, need a sixty-yard field goal. They had one timeout, I think. Right, I think Something so. Like right, and the, right, and right. the two-minute warning. They had one timeout. So with two minute and, and third and whatever it was, and he throws the thirty-yarder to was it to Cooper? No, it was Elijah Moore. Yeah, yeah. 
and right over the fingertips of Daryl Baker. And then there was a couple more big plays. That was a heck of a pass. It was to, a great throw. It was right guys. over his yeah, fingertips. It was right in the window. But there. but but stop it. You know, stop a yep. play, which yep. we've said many times. And then and then it's not in the officials' hands or your D, your 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 untrustworthy DB at the end. So yeah, it was. Uh, we, we were talking about plays that go against you, plays that go for you. I go back to the Baltimore game. I think it was an overtime with EJ Speed on a fourth down play, and I still say he hooked the guy. He did, uh, which which should have been a penalty, and then they're Face almost mask. automatically in Justin Tucker's range. Mm-hmm. It evens out. It just doesn't feel like that. No, when Cleveland is so fresh in your mind. Yeah, in in the in the heat of the moment, there there's no way that uh, that the the fan will. Uh, will feel that it's it's just that justice has been served, um, but like you said, over the course of the season, there's there's stuff that goes back and forth. It will way. even out. It won't feel like it, but it will even out. So Jim Irsay tweets late on Tuesday that because he, he always does it will ball because he always loves to add a wrinkle to to my Wednesday. Uh, tweeted late on Tuesday night that the NFL acknowledged that the officials got it wrong. Quote: The NFL admits and understands they did not make the c- correct calls. At the end of Sunday's Colts-Browns game, period. I believe we need to institute instant replay for all calls, including penalties, in the last two minutes of all games, end quote. So, there, so, so all games would last like 30 minutes exactly. of the last two minutes. Which, which I'd, I, let's start with that. Like, does it sound cool in theory to get things right? Sure. Is it something the NFL would seriously consider, Mike, from, from your knowledge of how they have done their business in the past? No, they they had this didn't this come up several years ago with the when the Saints got hosed mm-hmm. by the Rams by the Rams and I think then in the they, NFC Championship game a game with far more implications correct, than a correct. Week Seven game between the Colts and the Browns <laughs> and they did if I'm not mistaken they did alter the rules briefly to where they reviewed one year or in the play was it one, one year, year or the one play year, okay one year. yeah and then they got away from it because you can't because they can't. never overturned any pass interference right. call they never did. Right. So no, it, it's a great idea, but it's never going to happen. And and j- just so from some context, what, what Ursay tweeted out is not that they reviewed those two specific coverage penalties. He didn't. He said they there there were some calls they didn't make correctly at the end. So I've been told that it was one of the coverage penalties, the first one. The illegal contact, which, not which, the pass which was prob- the big one, which was the big one, you because know, it's game over, right? Uh, I tell you, in, in of course, I, I guess they're both big because no, the because, other one puts the, the first line. one's bigger still, but but, like, but the first the one ends the game, one. yes. And in, in an ideal world, with the commissioner having unfettered power, step in and say, you know, we're going to take away the penalty. It's a strip sack and DeForest Buckner with a clear recovery. Game over. Well, you can't do that, right? But that was the one that the league said should not have been called. And go, go back and look if, if you've got Game Pass. And if you do the All-22 where it shows you from the back to wide field. And the reason, and, and this is the reason they're not going to do this, is the reason that the, that the NFL said that it should have been a penalty is because a split second, a, no, a split second before contact in, on on uh, uh, Baker and Cooper, speed hits the quarterback and the ball comes out, mm-hmm. which which negated the contact penalty. Right. But I'm I'm saying it, you got to look at it, and it is a hair early, right. earlier, so you're not going to do that. And the, uh, the the end zone penalty 
they didn't believe that it was uncatchable, which is ridiculous. Uh, maybe it's catchable. I, I said it was catchable for Minute Bull, if everyone understands M- that maybe. reference. Maybe. Yes, or Victor or whatever yeah, his Victor name Rabinana. is. Yana, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but the other one, and if you look, if you look close, and you need to look at it, is on the on the touchdown, on the fourth down touchdown. Zaire Franklin got tackled by sixty six. I think he was a, was he the left tackle or left guard, and he couldn't he couldn't get into the play. And if you remember the play, Bucks it, it came within inches of, of Buck making the play himself. If Zaire's in there, they probably stopped the play. Right, probably probably. So, but. For all we've said, you can't institute replay first because there's always going to be, you know, controversy over it. But then the length of the game would go incredibly long. What do you you give teams three? Ursay didn't he he didn't want a limit of replay options. He wanted plays to be reviewed, all of them. Right. Well, you can't do that. No, I, I think that like there there's some sports. Soccer has instituted VAR over the past couple years and it has it is it is not significantly slowed down the game although some would say soccer is a slow game anyway um the it has not always been perfect either as we saw this year if anyone out there is a fan of the english premier league there is there is a horrendous call in a liverpool game that took a took a goal or a win away from i forget exactly what it was but uh but it's not a perfect system but it has it has solidified like consistency in the system uh at, at least so 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 people look around at other other sports they see tennis has automatic you know line uh judging and uh the where where the ball lands you can see a replay in half a second you know after a, a player challenges and and they say why can't the nfl figure it out the the nfl like there, there's so much going on on the field I think, chap, like the the holding call on Isaiah Franklin, like for for example, that's one small play between two players of the 22 that are on the field in order to be able to adequately review plays for replay review, everything that goes on in one play and every good or bad thing everybody's that bunched in it, it takes a long time or it takes a lot of manpower to be able to do that to watch everything that happens and to replay it and challenges in the last two minutes or replay reviews are all done from from the booth coaches don't challenge in the last two minutes of half so this specific time that ursa is talking about if you want to review a play some ones like the ej speed plays is is obvious like that's something that it's a turnover play or whatever so you can review quote unquote that penalty and when exactly it, it occurred but other plays like the zaire franklin being tackled play probably wouldn't have wouldn't have done a lick of good even if the rule was different in some aspect. So it, 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 in order to make a perfect system, it, there's, it, it's a very difficult to do. So you have to live with some kind of, some kind of problems that you just do. And it's, it's hard to hear that. It's frustrating to hear that, especially in a week like this where, where what happened to the Colts happened and a play that really should have been called in their favor it ends up, ends up costing them the game at, at, at the end of things. So, so, I, so I understand people's frustrations to see that other sports have gone a long way in taking steps forward and making things more perfect or better. I, at least. I, I still watch baseball, and they've got that superimposed strike zone. Right. And the ump is still calling ball, or strikes that are exactly. three inches outside. Yeah, yeah. Angel like he, Hernandez he threw, is still up there showing himself. He threw himself it to, to the target. The, it's a strike. Yeah, the, the worst umpire in professional sports. So, so anyway. Um, all that to say, like, I, I get it. And at the same time, it's, I don't, it's not going to change because the, 
the NFL is a resistant to change and B if what happened in that Rams Saints game in the 2018 NFC Championship if that doesn't make him do did it. not change the rule then this isn't going to change the rule. This is not going to be the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. This is not going to be the the impetus to, to major offseason changes to replay uh, and it's just not. I, I'm sorry to say that to Colts fans who want otherwise. But, but we're not here to tell you what you want to hear. We're here to tell you what's going on. Well, and part of the, the frustration as well in the short term, you know, the Colts fans say, well, we should be four and three instead of three and four. That's a big difference right it now. It is, very much. Because if you look right now, that four and three makes you tied for seventh, the last spot. Mm-hmm. Three and four, you're like 11th. Now, I realize you've got half the season to go. Yeah. But but that at the end of the season, they're going to add up, and you're going to say, hey, gosh, you know, if we had that one game yeah. back. But like I said – Baltimore, the Baltimore then, game, then, exactly. Then you're back, right then, back, then where, you're back where you were. So I understand that. It's 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 kind of what's and people don't want to hear. It. It's kind of what's cool about the NFL because there there's stuff to talk about all week. Yeah, and a lot of times it's not who you're playing next Sunday. Mm-hmm. But we talked to the, a lot of players in the locker room yesterday. Well, the league said, you know, basically they screwed you. Yeah, and Zaire Franklin said. They're not going to take the L away. So as much as the players stew on it, what you cannot do, whatever the situation is, you can't let that – you can't lose that game twice. You can't let Cleveland beat you and then beat you against the Saints because you're worrying about what happened last week. So you do have to move on. Uh, On that note, uh, I've I've heard this said before, and I thought this was a beautiful description of the NFL and what makes it different than some other sports leagues – on its interest in the public, the tell the 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 NFL is more than just a, a sports league that is going and playing through his games. It is it is basically like a television show, because it, it has a season. You know, it's the fall season. A new season of the NFL is here. Like there's a new season of I don't know uh, Twenty Four or Stranger Things or The Friends or or any one of those. And, and each week has an episode, and the biggest biggest fans of the show all gather together to watch the episode. And then you can break down what happened in that episode, in that game, throughout the next week. And all the things that that, uh, that are unique about it, all the things that you liked, all the things that you didn't like, all the twists and turns in the plots. And then another week comes by, and boom, there's another episode to talk about. Like, the, the NFL is, is essentially a television program. And that, I think, separates it from other leagues that have games that are more often. There's not enough time to sit and stew on one episode before you get to the next one. Or there's there's too many games. I, I use too many in quotes here to uh, to really be able to um, to put so much emphasis on one specific episode. But, one but, specific but the fact game. there's 17 episodes is what makes it so yes. know, different because every episode means something. Right. Again, I've always said in baseball, exactly. go on a seven game losing streak. Ah, we'll make it for that in June. Right. Lose seven in a row here and you're done. Lose. Three in a row here, right. yeah. and it's tough. Mm-hmm. So th- that's why, again, it, it, it's such a unique, and that's why it's so crazily popular. That's why people watch the Pro Bowl, for crying out loud, <laughs> because people can't get enough. So it's it's unfortunate. Hopefully, this team moves on quickly. I think, I think Steichen's the kind of guy that, hey, guys, move on. Please move on. That's kind of what the message we got yeah. in the locker room, which he gave us 
before we went, went in the locker room. So I gave him this nice crafted question about, yeah. about Jim Irsay's tweet, and he said, yeah, we just got to move on. Boy, he dismissed you he so quick. Me. Yeah, he, he threw, threw my question right out the window this week, saying, yeah, we got to move on to New Orleans. Your, your, question, yeah, he, your question was three times as long as the answer. It was, 100%. But he's just like, yeah, uh, I think you guys know what I feel, what we feel about that. We got to move on to New Orleans. And that was, that was about all he said. Um, as for Jim Irsay, he might uh, see a fine from the NFL because you just can't question officials. Uh, they have very strict rules about that. And, and that's a note about about what Jim Irsay said, like about the, the, the back and forth between a team and the NFL when it comes to penalties, Mike. That's very normal. It happens that, every week. Joel was Joel Erickson was saying that you can, you can send in 10 plays. Right. To see exactly what the call is and get clarity from the NFL so right. you can coach your players not better. Not to share. No, it's not to share with, with us, with, with the media, although I, I enjoy be, getting it shared sure. with us. But it is, it is incredibly abnormal for an owner of an NFL team to get that report back and then send out the, uh, the results, uh, which he shouldn't be doing. We've had occasion, I remember Frank Reich would do it, where they'd turn in plays, a controversial play, and he wouldn't tell us that the, the NFL affirmed what the Colts believed but he gave you that, he gave you that idea. Uh huh. So and and that's fine, but not to come out and say yeah they, they, no, just, they yeah we got they, the word back from the league. They admitted and, they made mistakes. No, that, Th- the, those are words you're not supposed to share. No, those were not words in Frank's lexicon when he no. was uh, when he was speaking with us about that thing. Um, let's see here. Uh, Matt, Matt actually uh, g- gave us some some more specific stats about uh, challenging pass interference calls. There were you say thirteen of the eighty-one challenges that was it that were successful that was pass it. interference yeah, it's about sixteen like, percent. Okay, I, I said none, but yeah, it was it, it, it was, was still exceedingly it. rare. And, and yes. the problem is, it's a subjective judgment call. Like you can say it about any call, but when you're talking about you know a ball hitting the turf or a guy being out of bounds or mm-hmm. possessing the ball. It's become a little more difficult than it should be on, on, on that end. But those are pretty objective things. The guy was in or he was out. He caught the ball or he didn't. With the pass interference. There's so much contact in the secondary right. sometimes and jostling right. that, that they let go and, and let the players play the game. It's like holding. that You would call holding on every single play in Absolutely. the NFL right. uh, in the trenches if, if it was just strict to the letter of the law. Right. But they and typically they, they call the ones that they can say, yeah, that impeded the player, that impeded the player. You know, we saw the, the yeah. jersey tug, we saw the grab. Right. And, and still, they even miss those sometimes. You still right. see jersey grabs Absolutely. and nothing. Yes. Right, but one and one of the things that just angered the the fans, it, it just kept things building, was Kenny Moore's almost interception. Mm-hmm. Yep, I could have argued that he made the interception. You could have argued that because yes. I, I didn't see the ball move. It touched the ground, yes, but and then DeForest Buckner's almost mm-hmm. that ball moved. Yes, very but, much. But so. that that just gives more fuel. Like, see, see what they did, what they did to us. Yeah, well, right. they didn't do it to you, but. I would argue Kenny had an interception, not Buck. Mm. I would save those two plays as well. I, I thought Buckner's, yeah, for sure. You know, that, that ball moved. I don't think he really ever controlled it. It was just unfortunate that they called it that way on the field and got an overturn. Kenny Moore's, I thought he had his ball, his hand under that ball. Yes, right. it hit the turf, but they that, kind that, of you, you yeah, clarified that. Exactly. You're allowed to do that as, right. as long as it didn't help him catch the ball, right. which in this case, I don't think that it did. I thought that one should have stood. So, yeah, the ruling there was was interception, right, right originally, exactly. and then they overturned it, which, like, as, as I was looking at the play, as I saw it, and I saw Kenny have it and hit the ground, my, my perspective was I didn't think he quite had possession of it, so I think if I just saw it in a vacuum – 
I would have called it incomplete. But after the ruling on the field was a completed pass, you go back and look at it, and you need overwhelming evidence to right. overturn Which it. I didn't, I didn't I think didn't there think was, was incontrovertible there. evidence to overturn it. Yeah. Like like I said, I thought he didn't quite have possession when it hit the ground, but he could have had possession when it hit the ground. I think he just looked like he got a little bit tighter with the ball in his body after it hit the ground, but he could have had it right there in his arm before he hit the ground. So, but... but but it's done now. It's it done. It's, it's finished. all done. It's, it's over. Finished. It's frustrating. No, it's annoying. No, but no, nothing irritates someone who feels they're wronged to say, get over it. Exactly. I mean, there have been times I've wanted to mention that to my better half, and I know better. You don't say get over no. it. Because then she'll hit you with something. Yes. Something that uh, will make Le- you uh, not Le- say it again. Le- leave a mark. Exactly. Oh, there, there was another part to Jim Irsay's tweet, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. The one that's sort of more important. <laughs> the actual long-term. first part. Crucial NFL news. Urgent NFL news, as he said at the beginning of his tweet. Um, let's see here. Irsay said Anthony Richardson's shoulder surgery in Los Angeles was a success. Quote, it was a long procedure and his shoulder injury has been repaired. No new surprises were found during surgery. They just repaired what was expected. Anthony is doing well and thanks everyone for the support. Parentheses. There is no presently. There is presently no date for his return. End parentheses. And, and then he went on to the official thing. We've beaten that one up for a while. Exactly. So you kind of covered up the lead there. Jim did himself by a throw. Oh, yeah. And this. But uh, <laughs> Mike and I were talking pre-show too. And if you viewed Twitter in a certain way. Um, you didn't actually see that second part of the tweet until you hit read more. Right. So you could have sort of just scrolled over that and right. moved past it. Not- <laughs> that would have been nice if, if everyone in the newsroom had just read past, read, scrolled past it to me. So I wouldn't have had to be in every maybe single show. Maybe the NFL didn't you know, see the, the extended Exactly. Tweet, so. Yeah, maybe they didn't. Maybe maybe that uh, that fine isn't coming. Maybe they yeah. just oh, cool, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, his shoulder. Good. Good job, Jim. Good, good tweet there. But uh, But yeah, that's... Uh, no, no significant news there. We knew the sh- surgery was coming. He got it. It was out in L.A. by apparently the same doctor who did the uh, the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and, he, and he had worked on Kobe Bryant. Yes, previously. Bryant. So he's worked on multiple right. uh, famous athletes before, major surgeries before, and uh, and yeah. So I think I've seen the approximate rehab is six months, mm-hmm. roughly. So that that'll take us to April. April, May. which which is OTA or yeah, which yeah. is start of the off season program. And I'm sure at some point and whenever we went through this with Andrew Luck, when you start throwing. So the, the timeline is good. Mm-hmm. And there should be no, you know, you hope no setbacks or whatever. So he should be good to go. And I think what's important we've talked about is we, it was only four starts and 173 snaps. We've seen what the future can be and should be. So I think you're very, very encouraged by that. And now you just have to take care of the team around him, get better pieces around him. So when he's back playing, they're good to go. But we've seen enough that he is the future. And I think you feel safe and comfortable with that. The the, the biggest thing is keeping him safe and keeping him comfortable now. And it's a question that was posed to Shane Steichen. I think it was last week. I forget who did it. I wish I remembered so I could credit him. But asked him, hey, in the future, do you have to change up the offense? Because, uh, heck, he, he finished what one game that Finished he started one of his four starts one of his four starts and then he missed another game in there too Concussion. because he kept kept getting banged up so do you have to change up the offense and Shane said we'll cross that bridge when we come to it which you know to what be fair, you, know, you know what he meant no yeah like it, it's also the right response at the time even if Correct. you would consider it even if you would consider it like we, we've got games to win now we'll worry about that next year but 
But that I, I was going to pose that to you, thinking that was going to be the answer, Chap. That this is a this is a quarterback that you drafted with the specific mindset idea that he was he was a unicorn in terms of NFL quarterbacks and had this extra ability. You can't just take that ability away because it hinders what you think he can be for the franchise. You, you certainly you 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 evaluate everything, and there are things you can do to to, to limit the risk. But this is who you drafted. If you wanted a pocket guy, draft a pocket guy. Right. Draft, you know, Levis, whomever, whatever, however you look at it. So who's going to start this weekend? Will gosh. Levis, the debut of they, oh, we will see. What, Ooh, they're going to they're going to play both quarterbacks. They are. That's what they and say. And if you've got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. zero quarterbacks. Yeah. So, but but back, but boy, we get off target. So you, you just take, I, I'm you, sorry. You take I, I throw in my little. Uh, but two but cents the in thing there. is, no, this is who he is. But again, I and we've beaten this to death. You, you can limit the, the, the risk. You, you can have him run through the end zone on his touchdown where he got lit up or teach him like Tua to fall ninja style to where you don't hit your head, which is stupid. <laughs> but, you know, he, he got hurt on a football play that was sort of, I don't say a fluke, but you see guys get tackled on their shoulders all the time and they get up and they go back to the huddle. This one, it just didn't happen. This is who he is, but there are things you can do. To think they're not going to call design runs is ridiculous. Uh, that's who he is. So, you know, sort of limit the risks, but you play and you just, I don't say keep your fingers crossed, but that's part of what this game is. So far under Shane Steichen, the Colts have been a uh, the only team in the NFL, Matt notices here, to score 20 points or more in every game this surprises season. Surprises me. It, it does surprise me, yeah. Very surprising statistic. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's pretty, there, there was a time last year where the Colts' defense was the only defense not to give up 30 points in a game, and then they went to Dallas. That went to hell. Yeah, exactly, down the stretch of the season. And, and I, like, I hesitated to bring that stat up, but but I, I knew it would elicit a chuckle So uh, for, my, for my own edification. 33 and, was it 33 and a quarter? Yeah, something like that. And then 39 yeah, the, and a half. Yeah, the, the Dallas game, it was the Im- most imperfect fourth quarter you could ever have. Like, it was a touchdown on every one of their drives, and your offense, like, gave up turnovers that, that became touchdowns. It was it – was, Boy, it, it was something. But but anyway, uh, all that to say, another another rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. They've they've scored twenty points in every game this season, and uh, big plays have been a, a big reason why they have thirty three big plays, quote unquote, using the ESPN.com metric of yard plays that go twenty yards or more. That's a twenty seven passes and seven runs. And for comparison, thirty three big plays this year through seven games. So you're on pace for what uh, something around seventy ish, maybe a few more. Uh, they had only fifty such plays last year. And honestly, I'm surprised they had that many. I was I was expecting there to be a, a greater wow. Well, one on, was on a 39 yard scramble by, by Matt Ryan. Yeah, so. it was. Yeah, some of the, those big plays, quote unquote, just got completely lost in the shuffle because they went three and out immediately. After. I thought I noticed too on these the the longest I believe the longest reception in the league this year. I think. Is Michael Pittman the seventy-five yarder that he got this week? I think. I think it seems like it's not right, but I thought I saw on NFL.com that his is the longest reception. All right, there we go. And uh, Pittman uh, also is uh, kind of in the a little bit of hot water this week. Since you bring him up, we'll we'll, we'll divert there. Uh, he he spoke with uh, Indy Stars Nate Atkins after the game and was uh, was none too happy at the time. Uh, about his his role with the team, saying something to the effect of, "Well, maybe they just don't think I'm I, I'm important in the offense or something like that." And and Pitt, uh, to his credit, uh, stepped in front of us on Wednesday and was uh, rolled back everything he said and was like, "I spoke in frustration. Um, that's who I am." 
Um, and I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a sore loser. I've always been a sore loser. I've been working on that. Right. And it, the timing was just wrong. It is. I like, and, and like I, I this, Pittman is like this in the locker room. He is sulky because he hates losing. He freaking hates it. And you would rather have that than than the other side of, of the coin in your locker room for sure. But uh, but he got caught at, at a bad time. He was frustrated about losing, even though he just had a 75 yard touchdown and he had five targets in this game where there were only, what, 27 throws or something like that. So he had one fifth of the uh, of the share. So 20 percent of the target share, which is pretty good. Uh, in, and oh, by the way, he's got 65 on the year, which is mm-hmm. 18 more. Right, than and Josh Downs, Colts, which uh, and Josh Downs had himself a very nice day: five catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Pierce had a couple catches, and, and that's what um, Pittman came, as he said this week uh, when he spoke to us on Wednesday, rolling everything back, saying that he he loves Indianapolis and being here, and is very happy for the other guys and their roles. So he he said all the right things afterward after he got the uh, cooling off period. But uh, there there is a certain cooling off period, Mike, as you know, for us in the media to head into the locker room after it's like the ten game. or fifteen minutes, exactly, and for. Pittman for for him to be where he would ideally want to be I think he he might need a 30 or 45 minute and he said that he said if I had 30 minutes I probably would have calmed down right but but that's some of the again one of the the great things about the NFL that generates more interest is you get players that still are like they have a little bit of time to separate themselves from it but are still very much in the but they have to talk yes who was it uh uh the team that lost in the WNBA the, 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 they didn't make their players. New York, Connecticut. The, yeah, it was New York, Liberty. They only made like a player or two available. Make, I thought they didn't make any players available Maybe. after they lost the WNBA And finals. then I think it was, was it Utah in college? It was USC. USC. Losing to Losing Utah. Losing to Utah. Utah. And yeah. he made no players available. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the Liberty did have one or two. Excuse me. I think I was but, thinking but about that's, that, you just that Utah-USC game. You just can't do that. It's, it's no. you know, yes, you need a cooling off period. If that's the case, then go in a room and sit. And scream. And scream, hit the wall, and then come in and say, okay, what would you guys want? Yeah. But that that's part of what that's part of what again makes the NFL what it is is these guys have to be accountable. There were times back in the Peyton years when, when things would go wrong, not very often, but when they did, certain players would not stand up and answer for it. Mm-hmm. And there were Peyton one time said, "Yeah, I said other guys in here need, need to be accountable for their actions." And I can think of a couple of guys. I won't mention them. <laughs> but it, it, again, it, it's it's part it's part of what you it, it's it's why I appreciate. You know, I've talked about this Zaire Franklin every Wednesday. He comes there and he'll talk for fifteen minutes, yep. and he is very thoughtful. He thinks about it because it's part of his responsibility as a mm-hmm. as a as a captain. As sort of the captain and the voice of the defense, and you, just, th- this is your job. And I realize nobody shows up for our job and asks us questions after you do a, a broadcast or I do a story, but it's different. And these guys need to talk. And and you could Pitt's a guy that could use longer than a fifteen minute cool off period. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, to take us all the way back to our uh, big plays and uh, Colts offense uh, discussion that uh, Josh Downs actually leads the team in big plays with seven of them, and he had a couple of them last week. He's turning into a heck of a player. I mean, You, we, you we see said, him growing. Yeah, like we said in the offseason, I said after the draft that I loved the, yeah, their pick the of Josh way. Downs, and you were too. I think Chap was on board too, although we, we're not, not on the same uh, level of draft coverage and, and knowledge of college players, but like Josh Downs has been, Matt, I think everything you could have hoped for for a Colts fan here halfway through this first season. Oh, I've, I've just loved every minute that I, I've seen him play. He makes He makes things look easy sometimes and I haven't 
really recalled a guy that we've had in the last couple of years that, have, that has done that, just being able to, you know, find some space, get the ball and run. And I, I just, I love the guy. He was a great pick and uh, just a nice safety valve for any quarterback who's out there. We, we talked to Reggie last week, I think it was, or the week before, when his the air was going up. And he it was brought up to him again and expanded how, remember at the Combine, he 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 says, I get super-duper you know excited when the, when the receivers are out there. His eye was on downs mm-hmm. from the get-go. Right. And he, he went, when they were done, he went over to Bowler, and he said, almost we said the same thing. <laughs> this guy is special. Now, especially in what they needed him to be. They needed a, a, a guy to take Paris Campbell's role, which Paris, for a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons, never really thrived or, or emerged in that role. But uh, the stats that are cool is, is that he's, he is the most receptions in the first seven games in franchise history, thirty-three, mm-hmm. and the the yardage I believe is second, and this this franchise has had more than a few really really good receivers. Some pretty good ones over the years. Some pretty good ones, yeah. So uh, and uh, Matt also notes here that the Colts are tied for sixth in the NFL in points per game, twenty-five point seven, tied with the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. I I, I just I. I that surprises me. It does. Me too. It, it just does. And the fact that they're top ten in most offensive categories, and and we can get to it in a little bit. But they've not scratched the surface with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, holy smokes! They've done all this with him being just sort of eased in. This last game, we saw JT at what he can be, uh, and I think we're going to see maybe starting this week that he gets. It's not eighteen carries a piece for he and Zach Moss. It's got it's got to be. You paid JT twenty six right. million guaranteed for a reason. Now it's more twenty five to ten. Don't you think that range? I got it. Don't I you gotta think? think that's what they're going and, to. And again, you know, we're not respect to Zach Moss. We're, we're not piling on this guy. He's second in the league in rushing. Right. Missing a game. But JT, the way they use him three times out of the Wildcat, the big catch against Jacksonville, he split out and he th- runs it shallow. They can do so much, and they haven't. Sykins had him on the field for like a month to, to do things. This is what we can do. You can see JG's eyes light up when he says, you know, what he can do with – he says us, but it was sort of like me. What they can do with us in his offense is really exciting. We haven't begun to see what they can do with JT yet. That brings us to this week's opponent as the Colts take on the New Orleans Saints. Both teams three and four on the year. They've lost back-to-back games, including both teams have lost to Jacksonville during that time. Uh, Both teams are third in the Southern Division of their respective conference. Matt pointing out all these striking similarities between these two teams. And, uh, of course, the uh, the most infamous Colts-Saints game we don't need to talk about too much, but we're just focusing on this year as, uh, let's see, the game will be... What was it? Was it 60... Is that the one you're talking about? Oh, my goodness. No, I mean, I was talking about the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, well, that one, too. The the most significant Colts-Saints game. Yeah, the the Hank Basket game. Okay, yeah. But the last two Colts-Saints, ones that come to mind, I think, will be that one, the 62-7 to game. That was in, what, 2011, when uh, things were spiraling completely out of control. They could could have scored 90. Yeah, and then a couple years ago, when Drew Brees couldn't miss and was, uh, I believe, setting NFL records in that game for, uh, was, was it touchdown passes or was it yards? He set some NFL record. He set a couple of them that day. Yeah, exactly. He probably set a bunch. Uh, and I, I forget how many passes he threw and completed, but I, I, he threw everything but one one hit the ground. That was it. And it was like late, late, late in the game where uh, where he finally uh, set one that hit with the ground. That was at the end of a, what do I, I think that might have been the 2019 season when things were like, 
when, when they had that great start to the year and then Jacoby Brissett got hurt in Pittsburgh and then things did not go as well afterward. I think it was during that year and Kenny Moore got hurt at the end of the year and the defense was not nearly the same without him. I think that that was the year that that happened. But but all that to say, it's a far different Saints team uh, now than, than then, although they still have some players, but Drew Brees gone, Derek Carr in there. And, and in, a, in a weird twist of fate, chap, the Colts have now played Derek Carr six seasons in a row, every year since 2018. What a weird stat to play one quarterback that many years in a row in the regular season. They, they went through that stretch with Brady and New England. Yes. Where they played just because of the way the schedule formula. And it, it's not – the league isn't doing this. It's, 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 it's The schedule is set. Right. It depends on a lot of on how you finish your, your division. But, yeah. It was pointed out to Shaq that he's he's played against Carr every time every, mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. So and one of them didn't work out well, where Shaq was kind of frozen on a blitz, and he completed it. Was it I don't know who he, was it to Renfro, whoever it was. Twenty twenty one, yes, the yes. infamous twenty twenty one. So, season. but yeah, this, this one is, win. couldn't do it. I keep in my head. I mentioned somebody in the press room. I, I've got to keep remembering that this is the Saints. And not the Raiders, because right. I'm always used to car with the Raiders. I'm thinking, well, what are they going to do against Devontae Adams? Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Well, they do have a couple pretty good receivers. Yes, like they do. Chris Olave is a really good player. Uh, Michael Thomas, really good player. Uh, Alvin Kamara, really good player. Um, uh, he can do a lot of different things. Taysom Hill is the ultimate gadget guy, if we want to use that term, even though uh, some players do not like that term. Uh, he, he, he fits the bill 100% because he has even more gadgets than your typical gadget guy. Quarterback, tight end, running back, wide receiver. They'll, they'll line him up uh, anywhere. And what that does, it makes you spend time during the week on him. Right. Maybe it's, and Gus Bradley mentioned this, maybe it's three or four plays. You better be on point on three or four plays or he's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So scoring this year, we said the Colts are sixth in the NFL in scoring. The Saints are 21st, only scoring 19 points a game so far. So in spite of all those offensive weapons they have, really haven't figured out how to make everything click just yet. Passing yards, they're 12th in the league. Colts are 10th. Uh, rushing yards, they're 22nd down. They're less than 100 yards per game, only three and a half yards per rush. With Alvin Kamara. That's well, they have Alvin Kamara was also suspended for he, a couple games for yeah, three games. Three yeah. Ga- so, yeah, he's so he's been back for, for a couple games yes. now, too. Um, the Colts are ninth in the league in rushing 214 yards, 224, excuse me, yards per game. Their defense has been playing pretty, pretty well this year, the Saints. They're seventh in the league in, in points allowed with uh, 18 points per game. The Colts are down at 30th. They're allowing 27 points per game. So statistically speaking, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Total defensive yards, the Saints are fourth, only averaging less than 200, less than 300 rather yards given up per game. Colts down 22nd. They're allowing 350 yards per game. Pass defense is their strength for sure allowing an average of less than 200 yards per game. And it's been something like 17 games or maybe I forget exactly how many. They haven't given up more than 275 yards passing, but it's a lot. It's a long time. And in, in today's NFL, you see 300-yard games sprinkled yeah, in that. routine. It's routine. Very much so. This isn't uh, the, the early Peyton Manning years when Peyton was the aberration throwing for 300 yards a week. And, uh, and, and like this, this happens everywhere. Like Gardner Minshew's throwing for 300 yards in back-to-back weeks, for crying out loud. So, so this is much more normal in the NFL now. Rushing defense, the Saints are 12th in the league, allowing less than 100 yards per game. Cold 
Colts are down to 21st in the league, allowing 118 yards per game. Uh, let's see. Turnovers, Saints are plus three on the year, and uh, minus two are the Colts uh, in, in turnover margin. That that number for the Colts. Has, so they have done some major damage to that in the last couple weeks. Nosedived in a bad way. Four in back-to-back games will get you beat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, were, you were bringing up the, uh, the stat about four when you have four turnovers in a game to Shane Steichen asking if he ever remembers a game that he's won. He, he couldn't think of one off the top of his head, chat, because those are just so rare. If you have four turnovers and you're still able to win a game. He said, I think I had one last year and I didn't win it. He's 0-6 from the Chargers on up when his teams, and this is with quarterbacks, with, with proven quarterbacks. I'm writing about this today. The Colts were 5-55 since 1984 with four turnovers. In Since 2020, the league is 7-82. and And since you guys don't have access to computers to where you can look it up, the Colts have won five games since 1984. Do you know who the quarterbacks were? Peyton Manning. One. Peyton Manning. Oh, I mean... Three quarterbacks have done it. Oh, okay, okay. Peyton did it twice. Andrew Luck? Twice. No, no. Manning did it once. Okay, Luck twice, Manning once. You're not going to get the other one. You just won't get get the other one. Uh, he did it twice. I was going to say Charlie Whitehurst. <laughs> just to pull Paul Justin. Right the hat. Don Mikowski. Okay, nice. Yeah. In 1994. So it's all the years that Manning and Manning, they had some games where you, they, they had turnovers. It, it takes an elite quarterback. To, and, and they, sh- and they should. Or Don Mikowski. And they should have done it last They should have done it last week. Yes. So, but. Uh, we talked. Minshew can't be the problem. He's been the problem the last two weeks. You cannot. He cannot turn the ball over like that. Let's take a look at the Saints offense uh, a little bit more under the microscope. Uh, Derek Carr this year is thrown for 1,600 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions, uh, sacked 18 times. He is not on the injury report for the first time since suffering a shoulder injury in week three. Sprained AC joint. Yep, yep. which is the same injury that uh, – that, it's, but it's not the same. Right. Not right. the same level, I guess. Right, right. exactly. You got a level one sprained AC joint and – well, you play through that. You get a level three sprained AC joint and surgery. And, and, and as Anthony Richardson will tell you, the season's over. Um, Jameis Winston appeared in uh, three games, uh, played a lot of time. He's been there for a while now, Winston has, like after coming over from the Bucks, And he's been the, uh, the backup there for, for Drew Brees and now the backup there for, for Derek Carr. So he's, he's very familiar with the things that they do in that offense. And even in that last year with the Buccaneers, he's proven that he's a uh, productive quarterback in the NFL. He threw for... What if that year must have been like 38 touchdowns and 35 interceptions is what it felt like, at least. I don't remember exactly how many it was, but that was the uh, like like Jameis Winston. I knew him from covering him at Florida State. Him paired with Bruce Arians was, was a disaster waiting to happen because Bruce Arians was just sling it, like let it go and, and see what happens. And, and that's not what Jameis needs because he needs more structure and able to, to be a – Yeah, he's a 30-30 guy. Yeah, to be that, the 30-30 is not good in the NFL. He may be the only one. He might be. I think he was, if 30, I remember. Because it, it, it reminded me back in my day of Wilbur Wood with the White Sox. He lost – he won 20 and lost 20 right. in a season as a knuckleballer. Yeah. Uh, all that to say, uh, Jameis Winston, the backup quarterback, we probably won't even see. But here I am, spending five minutes on it here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week. Hopefully things more relevant than talking about the backup quarterback from the Saints. We have injury notes from the team as they uh, go onto the field. Uh, 
nothing was abnormal, I think, this week. Kylan Granson still dealing with concussion uh, symptoms. You would say he's not – you would expect him not to play. Right. I was surprised he wasn't practicing yesterday. Right. So I think it depends on what happens today. And I don't know uh, if he's out there. We can maybe uh, check out, see if anyone's tweeting about it. Okay, Excuse Nate Atkins, uh, Zach Moss is back at practice. Uh, out th- today was Braden Smith with the Still out. Wrist. Man, he's Braden. Kylan, Kylan Granson, Juju Brents, of course, Naturally. Eric Johnson. Juju's got the quad. Uh, I don't know how bad that. Like that's it looked bad when yeah, it happened. So really I, bad. To, to me, and, my my inkling, the way reading what I read from the Colts about maybe moving Kenny Moore outside and thinking about that, that sounds to me like it's going to be a longer lo- lo- injury. Longer term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Longer injury. I, I, I won't be surprised. Still, and they, they make a lot of these moves on Saturday. If Eric Johnson with the ankle and Juju with the quad go on IR, right? It's four. It's four weeks. I could see that happening. Uh, and I'll write about it tomorrow, and we've talked about the loss of Juju Brents is just it, – it, it's going to be tough to overcome. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, he was still growing as a player, but the position is just bereft of experienced bodies. And I know that the first and the obvious, quote-unquote, obvious solution is to move Kenny Moore outside. Let me tell you, like, I think that's a bad idea. I, I, I asked Gus about that. I, I really it, think it's a bad yeah, idea. And he basically said it's a bad idea. He said, we, when he said we've, we've talked about it. Yeah. But they value him too much as a nickel. As they should. Correct. As they should. So did you see what he did last year? Yeah. Look what he did in that Cleveland game. Exactly. He was tremendous. He had a really, really this, good game. this is similar to well, if you put you know, last year if you put Quentin at left tackle. There you go. No, no. would he do okay? Yes he would. But then you're taking away a player from what he does. So, no, they'll leave him out there. You know, then maybe what you try to do is stay in your base more. Mm-hmm. And then he's outside. Because if they open in base, he's outside. But so much, you're, I don't know, sixty percent, which is a, a, a conservative. Yeah, you're a nickel. You're you're out there a lot, so he he needs to be in slot. Yeah, if you're ter- if you're putting your best players on the field now, base would be that to have Shaq Leonard, EJ Speed, and Zaire Franklin all out there, along with Kenny Moore and whoever the heck is on the other side uh, at that point. Uh, Jalen Jones, Jalen Jones, has I been assume by uh, by. By process of elimination, so but that's, I mean, a, the culture, that's a bad way to do a lineup. I know, and and, and I feel bad for Jalen, like for for guys who are I feel bad is maybe not the right term because they're getting paid quite a bit of money. But like I I I I respect the challenge that Jalen Jones has been thrust into. Guys like him, guys like Blake Freeland, Blake Freeland. who's thrown in like who's starting on both sides of the offensive line at left tackle, right tackle, help help block Miles Garrett. Yeah, go ahead. From the end zone. Yeah, try try it by yourself. Go ahead. Boom. And that that's just a uh, – you see Matt Shutter over there. It's going to give Colts fans uh, nightmares for the rest of this season uh, based on what he did there. Like That's that's not something that your rookie fourth-round pick should be asked to do, but you're thrown into a position where it's something you have to do. I, I don't want to relitigate the game, but, but – But. But here we go. That sack fumble that really turned the game around – was probably one of the few times this season where I've, I've really just been disappointed in kind of the, the aware, situational awareness of the coaching staff because they ran two back-to-back pass plays when they didn't need to right there, right. and that led directly to that turnover. And then they had Garrett you know, with the tight end, and I know they had Freeland, but then you had your quarterback in the end zone, and it just was the, a rough, and, rough and time. And Shane even mentioned that was a double move. Yep. They thought they had Alec Pierce on double move from your end zone. Yeah. With Miles Garrett. No, no, you that that and he sort of admitted that. And 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 keep in mind this is a this is a guy who is a seasoned coordinator, 
but first time head coach, you got you got a lot of stuff going right. on. Like he he's he's called plays before, you know. Like you right. called plays in Philadelphia for for a couple right. of years. Like that that's like I I hesitate to use the term rookie mistake because I think that's oversimplifying what what was going through his head. But it was a mistake uh, to to kind of go too in that aggra- direction too aggressively for the time. Yes. And, so, and, and other other than that, I mean, I think Steichen. Like I said, the reason I put in the big play stuff and the point stuff right. was. We have definitely seen a schematic advantage from the Colts this year. Yes. It's definitely different from what we saw last year. Right. Definitely a plus to have that guy in the in the team's corner. Yeah. But he's not perfect but because yeah, nobody is. That's the thing. Overall, a lot of positives. Like it, it doesn't mean that we can't talk about the negatives too, and and, and we shouldn't because that that's our job here to to bring out the the good things and the bad things, and so so people watching the games can understand it more fully and uh, and 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 more appreciate, I guess, what what what's going on. So uh, to to continue our discussion with the uh, Saints offense, Alvin Kamara, sixty nine carries, two hundred sixty one yards on the year, thirty nine receptions as well, one hundred seventy seven yards. They'll get in the ball as as often as they possibly can. Uh, he did miss Wednesday's practice with an illness, but uh, I. I'd bet that he's going to be back unless thirty nine for one seventy seven. Yeah, that's he. He, he kind of goes out, and does that little deer stop in the middle, and gets you five yards. Exactly. That and hey, that sometimes all you need is five yards. And speaking of only five yards, Jack Doyle was back to to pound the uh, the anvil last week. He still looks like he. I, I tweeted out he still looks like he can get you eight yards on on seven point nine. Yep. Darn right, all, all, over and over again. And I'll, I'll still say one of the all time great stories. Mm-hmm. from Colts just because a guy that was driving home from Nashville and because he was waived yep. and he gets two free agent contracts from the Colts because he earned them. Yep. Two free agent two. contracts for a an undrafted free agent. Good for Jack. Cathedral Pride. And he's got his, by and large, he's got his health. Yes, yes he, he does. He's he got he a, he, good. And he's got a good family, so yep. kudos, so, kudos, kudos to, Jack. to Jack. He did it right. At, at the end of the day. And, and he was tough, too. It's not like he was in a, in a weak position where you're not banging your head against defensive linemen all the time. And as Frank he was Reich their, said, He was their best blocking tight yeah, end. Frank, he, he was the underrated reason why that 2021 team was such a good running team is because they had Jack Doyle as, as a good run blocker there to, to join with that offensive line, who which was such a good run blocking right. offensive line. Uh, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid. Uh, combined for, let's see, 40, 50, 60, 70, 90, like 95 catches between them and uh, close to 1,000 yards for them and uh, four touchdowns, I think, between between the trio of them at wide receiver. Um, they have they have a good good uh, deep threat uh, game between them as well. Derek Carr never won to be afraid to, to chuck it deep, and uh, that, that matches kind of the skill set of some of these guys. Olave's a, a speedster, and I say that with uh, with no uh, no uh, false intentions of, of uh, or uh, uh, if anyone has followed the news this week, he got pulled over for going 70 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour. Who zone. hasn't done that? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so he, without uh, speeding, cast the first stone here. Um, I haven't I haven't gone quite that bad, I guess. Uh, not in a 35 for sure. But uh, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, Cathedral Fighting Irish, leading tackler for the Saints is Pete Werner, linebacker. Go Irish. Uh, 47 tackles for him this year. Uh, former Ohio State standout as well. Uh, Demario Davis, uh, another leading tackler at linebacker with 42 himself. Marshawn Lattimore just... Over, year after year is is one of the reasons why the Saints uh, defense has been one of the best in terms of pass uh, pass defense because because it's tough to throw against him it it just is he he shuts down his receiver his half of the field very well year after year and I don't know how old he is now but like every year like you see other young cornerbacks guys like as, as who come up like a Patrick Sertain like a um, a Sauce Gardner and, and they're great players absolutely they are but but you always see guys like a Marshawn Lattimore year after year in in the Pro Bowl in all 
All-Pro consideration. Uh, there's something to be said for the consistency he has had down there and has done it kind of out of the limelight a little bit of some of those the, the young guys who grabbed some attention early in their careers. And uh, but but there's there's no if if you're analyzing what makes that defense work, Lattimore is certainly a, a, a big reason why. So uh, they have that. They have Carl Granderson with four and a half sacks leads them. Uh, he also has eight tackles for loss. Um, so yeah, that that's a brief rundown of the Saints' defense. We've done their offense, injury reports for the Colts. So we kind of just ran that down a minute ago as well. And with Kylan Granson being out again on Thursday with a concussion, that's uh, unlikely to see him on the field as well. Um, boy, the tight end—they've they, gone from a place of abundance to uh, to like who who was it? Somebody, I think it was James Boyd, our friend at the Athletic, posted that since Gardner Minshew, his three games starting, tight ends have had only six catches in those three games. Uh, that that if you had said that at the beginning of the season with how much we were talking up the Colts tight end group that in three games they would only have six catches three had, a min- had a minus six yards yes minus last six week yards that's, t- last that's week. tough to do that's crazy that that this group that that has the talent that it has or the potential that it has but if you keep getting people knocked out with injury and Jelani Woods well, hasn't and, seen and the field and yet. then you've got Josh Downs going off it, it is and again when you yes you're the, right the, the blueprint going forward again is going to be it's going to be fewer it's going to be twenty five passes yeah. Which it's, you're going to be judicious how you do it. Josh Downs is going to get his. Yep, Pittman's going to get his. Pittman needs to get his, or he's going to, you know, He'll let be you know upset about again. It. Yeah. So that that's where, but but still, they've got too much possibilities with the tight ends to not get something out of them. The Saints injury report on Wednesday had 12 players appearing on it. I mentioned Alvin Kamara with the illness. Uh, Taysom Hill with the chest was uh, was on there as well, limited in practice. Tyron Matthew, the safety, uh, was uh, limited with a foot injury. Ryan Ramchek, their uh, starting right tackle, uh, one of the highest-paid right tackles in the NFL, had a concussion uh, as well. Tried on Juwan Johnson there with a calf injury too. So that's their first injury report of the week. Like I said, you can follow us on Twitter, at Colts Blue Zone, for more injury news and more news and notes from this game throughout the week. 1 o'clock kickoff for the Colts airs in the central Indiana area on Fox 59. Hope you tune in for that. And also our Blue Zone pregame show over on CBS 4 at 11.30 Sunday morning, live reports from Lucas Oil Stadium coming there. Let's get to our final score and predictions. I'm going to go first because I've let Chap go first the last two weeks, and I saw him just cover up his prediction I've got, I've got my score, and you're not yep. going to be able to I steal you, it. You, you covered it up with your uh, with your glasses case. So it's, like, it's like I'm in a sophomore in high school. I don't want a guy next to me stealing exactly. my stuff. Exactly. Darn right. So, uh, like... This has been this has been a weird year. Like I, I just haven't been able to get a good handle on the Colts this year, and I've said that before this year. Except I, Jacksonville, exactly. Except I know what's going to happen in Jacksonville, and it's very much unlike last year when I thought like I knew what what was happening with that team. It just felt like like the wins and losses. I knew it felt like I knew when they were coming, and and this year I do not. I just don't. It, it's hard to, to put a handle on things. Um, like I don't think they're they're a great team, so like they're going to lose more often than they win. But I'm going to pick that they win this week. I, I like them at home this week. Um, because they're they're playing so they win so many games at home now. Yeah, exactly. Is it one? Yeah, just one, just one game at home that they've won this year. Um, but uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm stupid. But I just feel like a win's coming this week. Want uh, a second opinion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I know exactly what it's going to be. Don't need one. Unnecessary. Um, I'm going with the final score of uh, 24-21. The uh, the Colts get the victory and uh, they uh, head into. Uh, the next week, uh, who who they play next Carolina. week? Is the Carolina. That's right, the Carolina week with uh, with a win under under their belts. Matt, what do you got? 
Oh, boy, I, I've not had a good season pick. Now, I did pick against them last week, but the way the game went was nowhere close to what any of us thought it was going to no. be. Um, you know, the field goal battle did not necessarily materialize. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Colts this week. I think that they do clean up some of the turnovers, uh, kind of a caveat with that. I'm going to go 31-28 over the Saints. Unsung hero of this last Colts-Browns game was the Browns kicker, though, Dustin Hopkins, yeah. who went out and hit three 50-yard yeah. field 50 goals yard, plus a 44-yard field goal. So. He set a league record wasn't it? Was it five straight games with a mm-hmm. fifty-yard running? I believe away? I read that. Yes, mm-hmm. Dustin, but, also a former Florida State Seminole, which, which says something about your offense. It as, does. As yeah, we it talked does. about in the Baltimore game. Yes, and, and that's a couple of things. If the Colts had done differently, they wouldn't have just handed them field goals in a couple of situations, and mm-hmm. that's a completely different end of the game. But again, let's not relitigate. All right, Mike Chapel, <laughs> your turn. I've got twenty-seven twenty. Good guys. Uh, the the twenty I had to start with twenty because that's what they're scoring exactly, which, which yeah. is I still have a hard time believing I, I just I think I, I I don't trust the defense I, I think the corners are a mess Carr's going to have some, some a good day and and he's he, despite the sacks he, he does get rid of the ball quick most of the time but I just I I trust that Steichen is going to find more and more ways to get JT involved and off and I just think I, I think they're going to find way I think they will they, you can't keep turning the ball over you just can't mm-hmm. that's uh, one way to keep Gardner Minshew from turning the ball over is give the ball to Jonathan Taylor true and, and then if if he fumbles then it's on him but I, I think I, I do like the way this offense is growing and they've done all this again with with their their guy playing only four games finishing only one so so yeah I I, I think they win this and again it's then we can get back. Boy, if you only come out of that Cleveland game, then you're, you know, look where you are, but take care of business. Doggone, Carolina hasn't won a game. And I thought New England was gosh awful until they Went and rolled beat the Buffalo. Yeah, we rolled the bus. Yeah, so, exactly. But no, 27-20. Tw- All right. So that's us for this Colts Blue Zone. We appreciate you listening. Please uh, subscribe. Get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as it drops every week, usually on uh, Thursday afternoons, uh, whenever Matt gets to it, whenever he can uh, pull himself away from the uh, from the trials and travails of the digital uh, media department here at Fox 59 CBS 4. Read Mike Chappell's work online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com, uh, over on our sports page there. You can follow us on Twitter, at DaveG underscore sports, uh, at mchappell 51 at Statamati. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.